and welcome to The Turning Point, a weekly show that's being created to help you overcome the challenges of having the career you always dreamed of. Together, we're going to be learning how to overcome those obstacles that may stand in your way. My guests will give you an insight into their own turning point and what issues they came across when starting their journey to a happier working life. Today's guest, James Newcomb of musicpreneur.com who has recently separated from the U.S. Army and embarked upon a career as a professional podcaster. Uh, he is the host of the Trumpet Dynamics podcast, as well as soon-to-be-launched Musicpreneur, making money, making music. James, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Glad to be with you. Thank you very much. So, let's start at the beginning. Let's start your sort of first career. So, first, the my, Army. My first career of many. <laughs> you know, I, I saw your... Um, Facebook post for people who are have recently gone a, a major life change. And I thought, man, I fit that on many levels. And there's really a couple of major changes that I could point to in my life. But recently, I was in the U.S. Army, and I was a musician. Uh, well, I was, I was in the U.S. Army for two, uh, different, in two different stints. The first one was in the 90s. And then I left that, I left the military and I was a civilian for a little while. And uh, just to make a very long story short, to condense 10 years of my life into about 10 seconds, I decided that music was going to be my profession. That was going to be how I made a living. That's how I was going to put food on the table. And I took a couple of uh, auditions to be in orchestras here in the U.S. and at that time, I was 30 years old, uh, going on 30 years old anyway. And I realized, although I'm very good, I'm a trumpet player, and I realized, although I'm very good on the trumpet, the people that I'm competing with to win these positions, they are gooder. They're much better than me. They're, they've been in uh, conservatories. They've been to the music camps when they're teenagers. And I just realized, boy, I am so far behind the game. What if I were to go back into the military and just do that for a few years and see what happens? Maybe after a few years of getting some, uh, some lessons while I'm in the military and I can still put, you know, I can still uh, pay the bills. And so that's what I did. And three years turned it into four and five. And uh, well, I re-entered in 2008 and then recently I was discharged officially early this year, but I, I really left the army last December. So what in, what entails being a musician in the military? Well, you play music for events that support the military. So we did a, a lot of ceremonies on the base. Occasionally we would go off the base to do a ceremony, a lot of ceremonies. That was uh, really the bread and butter of uh, what we did. And we did some concerts for the public. We did a lot of parades. Um, uh, a lot of the small towns here in the U.S. they'll have uh, like a some sort of festival. If the town has some staple uh, product or something, uh, just something that sort of identifies that town, then they'll have a festival to celebrate that. And well, they want free entertainment, and so they'll call the army band. And so we did a lot of those. And uh, but to sum up, it was we played music in support of the military public relations, sometimes some recruiting type of uh, gigs. So yeah, that's, that's basically what we did. So was there any um, 
you're doing uh, a gig, say, for recruitment or anything like that, and would you ever get the call up and get to the front line? Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, All right. Military bands. Uh, in fact, my brother, he's also a musician in the U.S. Army, and he just got back from a deployment to Afghanistan. Wow. So. Did you ever get to? Did you ever get called out anywhere? No, I was never blessed with that opportunity. Would you consider that a blessing? No. And we'll get into that in this interview. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you've been in the Army twice, mm -hmm. um, both times as a musician. You finally get out of the army as recent as December uh, last year. Yes. So a little under 12 months. And you fire up Trumpet, Di uh, Trumpet Dynamics. Yep. Was this before or after Musicpreneur? Before. The, before. The Trumpet Dynamics idea came about about a year ago. Um, we're recording this on September 30th. And I think I was just looking, I would, it was just, September 26th that I registered the domain. So the idea was in place about this time last year, but the actual podcast didn't launch until January of 2016. All right. And how's that going? It's actually going really well, all things considered. It's a very specialized, very niche market. Just about everybody knows what a trumpet is, but not that many people are actually interested in it. And my first uh, trumpet dynamics was my second podcast. And my first one was called Outside the Music Box. Outside the Music Box was okay, um, but I struggled with really nailing down a core audience. Really, it, it, the topic was just too broad, just to sum it up. Um, it was sort of like, uh, yeah, that's how I would say it. It was just too broad of a topic. I struggled with um, really marketing well and... Um, so I decided to niche down, which is a term that you use in podcasting, and seeing how I'm a trumpet player, I decided I'm going to focus on the trumpet. And the Trumpet Dynamics podcast, a tagline of the story of the trumpet and the words of those who play it, and it's basically people telling their story, their history on the trumpet, uh, playing the trumpet, their performing experiences, what got them into it, what want, made them want to make it a career, what why do they start or why do they continue to play after year after year after year? I've had people who have been playing the trumpet for 70 years, and I've had people who have been playing the trumpet for three or four months. And it's just uh, people telling about their experiences playing the trumpet. And it's actually gone really well. I would imagine there's such variety in those mm -hmm. different experiences as well. <laughs> yes. So come out of the army and that trumpet dynamics is going well. Mm -hmm. And it's been evolved uh, into something that's your original podcast has evolved into Trumpet Dynamics. So does this sort of keep your uh, your love for music and particularly trumpets um, at the foresight of your, your mindset, really? And mm -hmm. does this uh, take you into uh, Musicpreneur? Well, it's funny how you would word that because you would think that uh, talking about trumpet all the time and like I immerse myself in trumpet constantly, like doing this podcast, I'm more exposed to trumpet than at any time in my life because I'm always working on the website. I'm always tinkering with the design. I'm always recording, editing, show notes. I am more involved with the trumpet than at any point in my life. And the funny thing is I hardly play my trumpet at all. Like, I'm lucky if I play it two or three times a week. 
Whereas at the peak of my playing, I was playing it every single day for three or four hours a day. And so it's, it's funny how, uh, it's, I'm always, it's always at the forefront of my mind. And so sometimes I sort of get burned out on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> I bet you can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's right. But we, everybody has the things that they love, uh, or I mean, something that they, they thoroughly enjoy doing, but yes, everybody gets that sort of burnout and it does force a change. Hmm. Um, and it can force something wildly different or just putting something down and then picking it up weeks, months, years later. And I, I, it, it can, it can sort of put people off things, can't they? So we've talked about, we've talked about the army uh, and your sort of, let, let's call it this, the second, the uh, second phase after that is musicpreneur. So why don't, why don't you tell people what musicpreneur is uh, and then we'll talk about, the things between that and what you had to overcome. Sure. Well, the musicpreneur is a result of just, first of all, my, my top priority with the trumpet podcast, trumpet dynamics, my absolute top priority was putting out high quality content. I knew that if I were to put out consistently exceptional content, not just um, me talking to someone on a park bench with my iPhone, and then putting it on a, on a Libsyn feed and then putting it on Facebook. I'm not talking about that, like making it a high quality show, like a studio quality show with the limited resources at my disposal and my limited funds available to make it. I knew that if, if that was my top priority, that people would listen. And really, honestly, my biggest marketing is word of mouth. I, I have... It's been less than $50 that I've invested in any type of marketing, any type of advertising. And yet I have, for a very niche topic, I'm doing really well with downloads. And so I knew that if I were to focus on that, I could make a name for myself. Uh, like credibility is currency. Even if you don't get paid to do something, uh, if you're building credibility within your niche, that's sort of payment in and of itself. It's, it, it opens up opportunities for paid gigs, if you'll pardon my use of musicians vernacular. Hmm. But um, I noticed, uh, I guess, a couple of things. One is that I loved talking about trumpet. I loved getting stories from people, hearing their history. I loved getting, uh, doing tributes to great trumpet players from history. But I, I noticed that no one in the, well, maybe maybe a couple, but there's a real void when it comes to entrepreneurship for musicians. And as we, as this internet becomes more and more invasive and more and more uh, prominent in our lives, well, musicians have more and more opportunities to monetize their abilities. And I've just noticed that musicians are way behind the curve when it comes to uh, knowledge of things like building a blog, maintaining a blog, posting something, maintaining a following or building a following, building an email list, the value of getting people to know, like, and trust you, uh, identifying your brand. Uh, how do you identify your brand? Well, you have to identify your own core values as a, as an individual, or as, uh, maybe if you're in a band, you, you identify a, a set of 
collective values. Like these are things that I'm willing to stand on. I'm willing to give my life for these values. And that's really the core of your, of your brand. But um, building a following, you want people to know, like, and trust you. And uh, a, a great way to do that is to build a, a, start a blog, maintain a blog, post in it every day, let people get to know you. And musicians, they just don't really, they're not really into that. You know, they think that if they go to college and they get a degree and then another degree and, and another degree, then they'll get a job teaching at a university or uh, maybe if they're lucky, they'll, they'll get a job with uh, a touring band somewhere. But uh, now why more, you, I'm sorry, go why, ahead. Why do you think that is? I, I think that uh, part of it is because musicians just have this mentality of, it's kind of a unionized mentality. Like you just go to college, you get your union card, and then you get work. And that's the way it was for a little while. I mean, for a very short time, maybe from 1950 to about 2000, maybe, maybe 50 years, there was a time where musicians could just get the right credentials, get to know the right people, and then get a job. Well, those days are over. And musicians, they're graduating from college, and they're like, what do I do? I, I, what opportunities are available? And so they get discouraged because they don't, no one has told them the value of building a blog. Well, that's, that's what I was just, I was just thinking then what, if they get, if they're getting to the end of their education and they are lost, uh, maybe surely it sounds like you're saying this is a common thing. So surely there's, there's, there's room there for some interjection for somebody to provide advice and, um, Absolutely. And that's what, and that's what musicpreneur is all about. The tagline is making money, making music. And it's very simple. Um, it, that's, that's the whole point of it is, uh, learn how to monetize your musical abilities. Because musical abilities are a fine talent. There's mm -hmm. no two ways about that. Right. But if no one uh, knows about you, then, um, you can have all the, all the talent in the world, exactly. but if you don't have a name for yourself, then you're not going exactly, to make a buck. My, my thoughts when you were talking about the education side of music was that for um, different instruments, for different types of music played, there will be, f from an outsider's point, of, uh, an outsider's thought, that there are different, that say to be in classical, for example, if you want to go down that route, I would imagine there, and I'm only just spouting here, that there will be much more of a requirement for qualifications in music as where you go somewhere down the route of a rock band. And it probably doesn't matter if you can play that thing with no qualifications whatsoever in a music and in, in anything to do with music, then if, if the quality of the music is there and you're getting the exposure, you're onto a winner. Now, well, is that, is that wrong or kind of right in some ways? Um, you know, I can't speak for the environment. We're talking about classical music, and that happens to be uh, the genre that I'm most knowledgeable of, especially especially with the professional scene. So here in the U.S., um, if you want to get a job as an orchestral musician, obviously you have to play exceptionally well. That's, that's a given. You have to um, – there's a certain sound that you need to develop as a trumpet player. There's certain equipment like a mouthpiece, a trumpet, 
that is going to produce the right sound. There's a certain way that you condition your lips. There's a certain way that you condition your lungs to get that orchestral sound. And I'm getting very technical with the, the terms, so forgive me if, if I'm, I don't mean to speak over anyone's head. But um, there is that aspect, but there's also sort of an aspect of you, you need to, you need to um, there's a box that you need to fit within. And a lot of uh, orchestral players, uh, trumpet players, especially here in the U.S. that I've spoken to, they sort of, it's sort of a, com a complaint that they have that um, there's not as much variety. There's not as much, uh, like you, 50 years ago, you could listen to the New York Philharmonic, and then you could listen to the Chicago Symphony. And you could say, okay, there's a profound difference between those two. Like I can... I can hear William Vacchiano, and then I can hear Bud Herseth. And you can, a distinct difference in their style, in their sound. And I think musicians were just given a little more liberty to have, to develop their own, uh, their, their own distinctive traits as musicians. These days, you're sort of expected to fit within a box. You're, there's, there's sort of a, a, a very small, uh, how do I say it? A box that that uh, defines interpretation of music, and anyone that strays outside of that box, or anyone that uh, is feeling a little risky, and they want to uh, they want they want to express themselves in a certain way, well, then they're not going to get the votes from the committee to win the job. So they they want to they want to take the safe route. So there's not as much. Uh, there's not as much willingness to express themselves as there was. So uh, I've been rambling, and honestly, I don't remember the question and what I was. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> you were basically answering uh, my question of surely there's a gap for somebody to provide uh, some sort of direction after education. Yeah, you know, and the thing is, which uh, you were saying is what musicpreneur is, and that's exactly what it is. It's it's like. As a musicpreneur, you're not trying to get a piece of someone else's pie. You're trying to make your own pie, is what I like to say. Right, so musicpreneurs providing this sort of direction, post-education. Mm -hmm. Yes. You've been in the army. The transition between the two. Now, a question I would probably ask is what forced the change? But um, I kind of guess that was you leaving the army. Well, I mean, it's... a. We can get into we can get into it as much as you want, and I'm my my life is an open book. So anything you want to ask or anything you want clarification, me to expound, I'm happy to answer. But I left the military under well, I, I applied to be discharged from the U.S. Army as a conscientious objector. I don't know if that's a term that you're familiar with. No. Okay, a conscientious objector is someone who uh, makes a public stand of being morally opposed to war. And I, as a musician in the military, I came to a point in my own convictions where I, one, I was opposed to the ongoing war on terror. And two, I saw that my role as a musician was contri directly contributing to that war on terror. I didn't see myself as just a spectator, just playing my instrument. I saw myself as actively encouraging, especially with public concerts and parades and things like that. I, I viewed myself as directly contributing to this activity that I had 
come to realize was uh, morally wrong. And so I filed to be discharged as a conscientious objector, and I was finally granted release uh, last December. So um, I, I left, I, I, I guess to sum up, it wasn't how I, would, I, how I initially expected I would leave. It, it was just uh, sort of a, I guess I had sort of a crisis of conscience, and it uh, led to uh, my exit from the military being a little more, uh, I guess it was a little less predictable than others. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It wasn't where I was expecting to go, but interesting nonetheless. So mm-hmm. doing that transition between uh, leaving the military and running Musicpreneur, there must have been some challenges. Now, if you could give us maybe a handful, sort of three in order of importance, uh, three being not so and one being the most important, and then just tell us how you got around those um, and how to avoid them. Well, I'll start at one. And the most, the most difficult challenge that I faced with that decision to leave the military was the objections of my wife. She made, she made it clear in no uncertain terms that she did not support my decision to leave the military. She, the, the Army does provide a certain measure of security. You know that uh, rain or shine, you're going to get paid. And as a musician, it doesn't matter how many gigs you do. You, are, you know that that paycheck is going to come the 1st and 15th of every month. And any musician knows that that is highly unusual. Even uh, orchestras, they face budget shortfalls. They, uh, they face lockouts all the time. And it's, it's a very common for things like that to happen. And, and for a, uh, a musician to have that type of security, well, that's rather unusual. And so she let me know in no uncertain terms that she was not in favor of my decision. So that was the first thing that I had to overcome. And I guess the way that I overcame it was I just looked her in the eye and said, sweetheart, I am dead serious about this. And I absolutely cannot go another day without taking this action. And trust me. And if you don't trust me, then trust God we're going to be okay. And eventually she came around and she um, supported me. Um, the second thing, the second challenge was money. Um, I had some savings. Uh, actually, I had a rather substantial amount of savings that I had accrued during my eight years in the military. And then the military gave me a little bit of separation pay. I guess you'd call it a severance pay. And uh, that's basically how we've uh, that's basically how we've lived since uh, since leaving. Lived on my savings and that severance. Bought a couple of cars, paid for a move from Minnesota to North Carolina, which is if you're if you're listening to this in Britain, it's a it's a long haul. It took us two three days to make the move, but that, I guess that was the second challenge to overcome, and the third. I guess is just, um, I guess it seems trivial in comparison, but the third challenge is just uh, making a name for myself as a podcaster. Uh, Musicpreneur, it's the podcast hasn't launched yet, but I post in the blog every single day. I'm active on social media and gaining, you know, 
every single day I, I feel like I'm getting just a little bit more traction. And hopefully by the time it launches on January 1st, um, there's hopefully there's going to be some people excited about it. So to answer your question, those are the three challenges that I'm encountering. Good. I was, I was just going to say that it's important for people who, who are going to visit the website that there is a countdown. So uh, be sure to check back because um, it is 90 something days, I believe. Not, let me check for you right now. It's 92 days, 10 hours, 30 minutes and 50 seconds. There we go. Right now. Um, it's interesting that you point out those three in that order because when you started speaking uh, about point one, I thought that was going to be financial, but kind of pleasantly surprised that it wasn't the case. It was more of a an obstacle of getting around a passion for people who don't have the same passion. And it's having the confidence behind that that's that you know, just like you said, you just know it's going to work. Mm. And having, the, and having the, the, your self-confidence that much to just power ahead and convince, let's be fair, um, the, the most important person in your life, which is wife. Well, I just had, I mean, I just had to man up. I said, sweetie, I just, I just be decided I'm going to be the leader of the house. And I said, um, you don't like this, but just trust me. We're going to be fine. Yeah, I like that. But it, it is it, the the first thing that will come to people's mind when making a, a conscious change um, will is obviously going to be financial. It always is. It always will be, unless you're a lottery winner and you've got as much as much money to play with as as possible. You've had such success in one thing that it doesn't matter, and you can survive for X amount. A lottery of winners sometimes have more money problems than anyone. Mm. <laughs> so I, I really like that you went down that it's it's the um, it's a personal thing to overcome. And I really did like that. And I like that you put that as number one because it's it's something that people will just not necessarily think, well, it, it's because it's always going to be or tend to be the one behind financial. Mm-hmm. So I'm very, very happy that you mentioned that. So this is now is, was it all worth it? Well, you know, we're in the process of making it worth it, honestly. Um, but it must feel, you must have that feeling of sure that you're doing something that you love. Which is yeah, I wake up every day, and I I do the workout that I want to do, and I don't say yes sir or yes master sergeant to anyone. Um, I'm my own boss, and my success uh, rests on me. It's and there it is. If it is to be, it is up to me. It's and there not, it is. Not up That's to the thing, else. isn't it? Everything you just said there sums up what. A goal of being a solopreneur, an entrepreneur, or businessman is, is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's exactly Absolutely. that in a nutshell. So how could people get in touch with you? Well, if you would like to send me an email, the email is maestro at musicpreneur.com. And that's spelled M-A-E-S-T-R-O at musicpreneur.com. Of course, uh, you could go to the website and there's a little contact form that people can fill out. And I'm happy to entertain any questions that people may have about anything that I've said in this interview. And can they hit you on t- up on Twitter, Facebook? Yeah, Facebook, Twitter, at uh, Musicpreneur16. Facebook is, uh, I think it's fb.me slash Musicpreneur16. Thank you very much. And James, really appreciate the time tonight. And uh, thanks very much for sharing your story. It's my pleasure, Dan, and I wish you all the best with your project. Thank you very much. 
Uh, and that's it for this episode of The Turning Point. I've been your host, Daniel Moore, and our guest today has been James Newcomb. Remember, together, we can overcome one of life's big hurdles. Yeah.